0: Welcome, pod people, back to another fabulous episode of Cinema de More. I am your host, Lexi, and... With me this time is
1: Justin, another host.
0: But then Chuck's not with us this time. Oh,
1: I was just gonna say I was Chuck. Yeah, let's go. Let's go over who's (laughs) not with us. Let's just start. Jacob's also not with us. Um, Hi, I'm Chuck.
2: I am am the Chuck.
1: Yeah, this is our Chuck.
0: They're also on estrogen. Yeah. (laughs) Today we have Marina with us. Yeah. You can introduce yourself though.
2: Yeah, hello. I'm Marina Glass. I will I will be the Chuck. <laughs> I am Chuck. <laughs> but I'm very excited about being asked to be on this episode cuz I really like this movie.
0: We are starting a new month and even though I ended the last month, I get to start the new month. And this month we are talking about What are we talking about, Justin?
1: Rock and roll.
0: That's right. This is a free form. We're just picking whatever we want. There's no structure to
1: the month we don't have any ro- no theme essentially just whatever we need to get off our chests and
0: mm-hmm. rock
1: and roll is what Lexi wanted to get off her chest.
0: It really doesn't have a place to fit animation,
1: Canadian films. You fit it somewhere. I mean, it's a very really unique
2: movie that feels like it's almost misleading if you put it in a like one particular category because this could also be considered like sci-fi, but furries. I would put it in like a sci-fi thing.
0: You can have a furry month. Talk about a furry furries. month. There you go. I
1: guess it would fit Done. a furry month. Yeah,
3: yeah. it Justin's has a like, an entry on the that fur wiki. Good.
1: Done. Yeah, he's like, furry month, I can't wait. Jacob <laughs> wants us to do spaghetti <laughs> westerns. Uh, we'll have to tell him that we're doing furry month now. So. <laughs> yeah. If he can find but a furry no, spaghetti
0: I,
2: western. It,
0: it got pushed back. We'll have to pick all these strange months that he has to do in order to get his spaghetti <laughs> western month that he's demanding <laughs> us to do. So he has to, It has yeah. to be earned, yeah. Yeah, it's like, the following must be required from you. So yeah, we picked Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll is a very strange film. It does have a cult following nowadays. Um, Mm It was released in 1983. Yeah, I've seen the the fan art too. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, It's an animated film from Canada. It's actually Canada's first feature-length Animated film that they released, like in like theaters and stuff like that. Hmm. Canada has been doing animation for a minute now, and the company Nelvana. If you're familiar with Nelvana, if anybody grew up in the 80s, 90s, they know Nelvana, but they might not know Nelvana. The the polar mm-hmm. bear with the little rainbow thing that goes over him at the end of like all your Saturday morning cartoons growing up. That's Nelvana.
1: Lexi, I think there's one one stipulation in your fact though. I think it's the first. Feature-length animated movie to speak English in Canada. I think there's one more that was in French before that.
0: Is there? I did not know that. I that's
1: what I'm here. I'm I'm here to just prove you wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, that's it. That's the only no.
0: That's uh, yeah. We all (laughs) know
2: the French don't matter. So this is the first full-length animated feature from Canada. There you go. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is like Nelvana being a big deal of Mm -hmm. them stepping up in the animation world and them being like hey like we're gonna make an animated film guy who was making this i can't remember the director's name right now um but he came in grossly over budget and i knew he came in over budget and i was going to talk about that but when i looked at the wikipedia to look at how over budget eight million dollars this movie cost to make and like i knew it was expensive but 1983 an eight million Mm dollar budget clive
2: a smith just diving into his money like scrooge mcduck that's it
0: was clive a smith yes this guy like they kept saying like hey i've got an idea and hey i've got an idea and they were like guy like you gotta like back off a bit that being said this is a a stunning film as far as the animation Mm -hmm. is concerned like it's beautifully done and it's got some like the first cg so there's some like very early cg in this and the cg flows very nicely with it even though it's it's used well it's not janky or anything like that so it doesn't take away from anything there's some animation in this that i was looking at a few times and i was like i wonder if it's rotoscoped i don't think it is i think they actually like hey you're on the same
1: page as me i had the same thought and i looked it up and it's not rotoscoping it it just looks like
0: it i mean that's beautifully done like to be able to get body movement that smooth and that fluid and to get some of the motion that they did and the plot of this movie is that it's a dystopian future where all the humans are dead, and apparently all the street animals, like cats and dogs and rats, evolved into anthropomorphic humans.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so now they live in the world, and this musician named Mock wants to find the perfect voice to raise a demon to basically fuck the world up and he's found this like shit tier band in a a town in the middle of nowhere and he wants the girl singer from it to raise this demon and that's the plot of the film pretty much Mm -hmm. and it's got a all-star cast of musicians like cheap trick iggy pop lou reed which lou reed also does the singing voice for mock as well as does his own songs for the movie. Mm-hmm. um Earth Wind and Fire have a song in the film for 1983 it's like a pretty like big soundtrack. It's all very adult in yeah. its content. They're in bars there's I let kids watch there's it. boobs. I mean <laughs> it's kind of I mean, it's not like horribly inappropriate, but I mean I definitely can't see most adults being like I would let my kids watch this. Mm -hmm. there's there's tits there's drugs there's drinking there's the characters are getting high on multiple occasions throughout the film i mean there's a demon there's a lot of there's a demon not i mean the demon is (laughs) like pretty like i mean sound like this movie's got everything it's got everything it does have everything it's like
2: the demon's so visually impressive. And then uh, I was watching the like making of special feature, and Iggy Pop was like, I just kind of spat out a song on a piece of paper that's about all the negative things in nature, like blood and decay. And, and then we recorded that for the demon. And I was like, thank you, Iggy Pop, I guess. Thank you for showing up. I thought he, for the longest time he was mock singing voice because um, they did that very special thing where I there's too. like individual, uh, like two. Uh, people per character if they had like a singing voice so like even though the featurette uh, advertised that like Debbie Harry was Angel the entire time it wasn't <laughs> like there's a completely yeah. other person who's actually doing the speaking role for um Angel her name is uh Suzanne Roman and some of them sound really close together so it might be harder to notice but then you get Mock and Lou Reed and then mock as don franks and you're like oh these these two don't sound together at all
0: <laughs> well especially since mock's character voice is well known in saturday morning cartoons so mm-hmm. if you grew up watching like 80s and early 90s saturday morning cartoons you know that guy's voice all day he so, like, played he the first most Boba Fett. villains and yeah you were like in the the star wars animated yeah. Right. They
2: they did the 10 segments. minute animated segment, one of the two things that is really salvageable from the Star Wars Holiday Special.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was interesting on that part. Yeah, like this is what Canada <laughs> made was an 8 million dollar fairly adult oriented sci-fi dystopian animated f- film about anthropomorphic animals. Multiple animation styles too.
1: They were not mm-hmm. all animated Mixed the same
0: medium. Way. Yeah. which that that right there that's a canadian thing mm-hmm. we're really good at our mixed medium animations like we love having multiple different styles and different like we do a multiple styles which is something i was going to talk about with the film board and stuff later on but um to see all those different styles coming up in the film whatever i was like that's very canadian to have such a different mixed medium animation styles in your film it's just like there's a lot of touches in this that are very canadian the voice actors too um they're also well-known canadian television voice
1: actors as well like i and, believe it because i saw animation. those names and i was like i don't know who these people are at all right just the so musicians it's just like more i knew that. all the musicians but i didn't know any of the right. actors yeah.
0: I cannot
2: believe Catherine O'Hara just appears as Aunt Edith, the tattoo artist. And I was like, right. that's Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> she's Canadian, Actually, yeah. so she's in like a lot of things. But, you know, it, it was just one of those things where like maybe she was just more not as known at the time. But now she's like this huge star from Schitt's Creek and a bunch of other stuff. But she plays the tattooing aunt that they go like slum it with for a minute.
1: Yeah, I didn't recognize the voice. I saw her name in the credits and I was like, oh, mm. shit, so... It was, like, the only other person I recognized. Mm -hmm.
0: But, like, you gotta look at what Disney was doing at the time and what other sort of animated films, even, like, adult animated films from the time period and stuff, and looked sort of in that realm and asked yourself, like, I'm Nelvana, I'm now established in the children's animation market, and I'm looking to compete in the family film market and I'm going to make a really expensive animated film. That's essentially going to compete with Disney Mm because at that time, who else would you be competing with? Right? Disney was also
1: doing really bad in the eighties like that. They almost died. Their animation department almost died out. That's Mm
0: -hmm. when Don Bluth left and started his own animation division. So that's when you get like that whole thing start there. But what were they thinking with this? Did they really look at this and go, "This is gonna kill it"? <laughs> they probably well, I, did.
1: Because, <laughs> like,
0: I, I mean, like, I mean, like, you couldn't possibly have gone. This is marketable. They were on cocaine,
1: so- and they're like, "Kids are gonna love this movie."
0: <laughs>
2: maybe possibly cocaine but it's also writing the script and like actually like writing out the story it is basically crossing the bridge while you're building it and we're like we're kind of lucky that the story is somewhat as cohesive as it ended up being (laughs) which is why i think we have like strange story turns and going back and forth between Mm -hmm. just two major metropolitan areas in the movie and this whole apocalyptic world (laughs) was like they were like okay we're just gonna add this to the script.
0: my first time ever seeing this movie was on usa up all night at three in the morning mm-hmm. and i would falling asleep on the couch and this shit would come on and i'd be like whoa what the what fuck is that? this yeah and i desperately trying to stay awake and watch this thing and i would like pass out like halfway into it every time and like be waking up and think it was a fever dream and then like it would come on again like and I would try to, every, like, couple of, like, years, watch this thing on USA Up all night. And it was the only time I'd ever see it.
1: And mm-hmm. then
0: it finally got released on DVD in, what, 2005 is when they finally dropped it. Yeah. And that was the first time I knew it was real. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. Like, it wasn't a joke. Even... Yeah, and that was, like, when I finally got to, like, sit down and actually, like, watch it and actually like take it in and what have
1: you Mm -hmm. there's a new milestone too for watching this for me uh usually sometimes i have to go to the dark web to find these movies and this is the first experience i had that i found our movie on facebook and i just watched the entire movie on facebook i mean i'm sure it's not there legally but yeah the whole thing is up there
2: Someone very kindly uploaded it to uh, internetarchive.org, which is how I watched it. They had both the American and Canadian cuts and the special features just tossed on there. So I'm going to have oh, to go grab that better. and download it. Yeah. yeah.
0: I guess at one point, the company like who made it, not um, the company, the DVD company released it, but like mm-hmm. Nelvana themselves, they were like, here, it's not fair that this has been treated the way it was. And they released it on YouTube. Yeah, and they had it on there like free for everybody to be able to watch for like a few years, but it recently got taken down and has now been like it's still up there, but I guess it's privated. For yeah, some that so. was
2: what I. That's the talk on Tumblr in the in the fan tags is that um, it was privated because I think there's talks of releasing it um, on Amazon or on Amazon Prime to yeah. some degree. It also there's was... been
0: discussion of that.
2: Yeah, it also says that it's on Roku, but I actively searched for it on my Roku and couldn't find it. It didn't pop up at all. It was like, what are you talking Mm -hmm. about, rock and roll? So, uh, I don't know. We might see it pop up on Prime behind a paywall because they like doing that.
0: And yeah, this movie does have a huge cult following. Like, Mm -hmm. it's because it's a good movie like that's the sad part about all of this is that it's a little strange yeah it's a little out there but it's uh it's really good and if you're able to you know get into it it's a it's a solid film i'm a huge fan of heavy metal the the mm-hmm. comics not the not the music or i mean i am the music too but like the not i am the magazine yeah. and so this for me was like something right out of heavy metal magazine i'm just like shit Like, how did I miss this growing up? Like, how was this not on my, like, radar? This should have been one of my all-time favorite films as a kid growing up. Like, no question, you know? Because, like, it's so just, like, straight out of heavy metal, like, all day. And that's all I can think of, like, when I watch it. I'm like, the music, Mm -hmm. the whatever. It feels like it was made by heavy metal. Like It does feel like a segment from the movie,
2: like, extended.
0: Yeah. Like, it feels like an extended story from it that would have been released after they made the heavy metal movie, like, this feels mm-hmm. like one of their other films they would have made, you know what I mean? And it definitely has that feeling of something that would have been done by, like, which we talked about, what is it, Ralph Ralph basky or... Yeah. Whatever, it has that feeling, but, like, it also feels like something like Wizards mm-hmm. or, like, the old, um, you know, the, the 70s or The Rings and that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, it definitely feels more like a person who's into that kind of shit, like the feeling, uh, what is it, Nine Lives of um, Fritz the Cat, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This feels like... That kind of stuff. Yeah. It's that kind of animation, but it's not supposed to be. And mm. so, when you're sitting here and you're watching it, you're going, "Yeah, it must be this kind of thing." And they're like, "No, no, no. This was for kids. This was for like families." And you're like, "Nah. This is why they're to all be, like, like goofy right? level
2: <laughs> animal human hybrids for no reason, even though." Also, I'm not sure if you guys notice there are regular animals in this movie. So, like the beginning spiel is talking about how, like, dogs, uh, like general animals on the street after this war destroyed mm-hmm. everything, uh, evolved into like human animal hybrids. But there's still like a dog hey, <laughs> and a the gerbil's still, mentioned, still and you see some around, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, so. How did this evolution happen and why is everyone in this movie like a again like kind of goofy extremely goofy movie level of like human but animal? It would cool have been cool to have an kids part.
1: It would be cool to have an opening sequence that was uh, they, they could have probably done it if they would have mm-hmm. just threw another couple 8 million dollars at the movie. <laughs> but it would be funny if it started in modern times and it showed people dying off in animals like Slowly becoming people, and then how they slowly start like picking up their hobbies to the point where even though mm. they're in the apocalypse, they're they kind of hit like 70s rock and roll era of like yeah. <laughs> the 70s rock and roll cool. was coming no matter what. <laughs> yeah,
2: so it's kind of like a cooler version of the uh, Secret of Nim lab flashback section where it's like, oh, right. this is how we <laughs> figured out how to play instruments.
1: This does have Don Bluth vibes for sure, it does. <laughs> The music's but great too. The band mm-hmm. that's just like a shitty band that can't can't get it together. <laughs> the is... only
2: person who isn't shitty in it is Angel, and she yeah. fucking bounces.
1: It's <laughs> Debbie Harry and Cheap Trick
0: essentially.
2: Yeah. Also, like, I um, want that band. I I'm not sure if anyone else heard it, but uh, maybe for sure is a song that was. Uh, released by debbie harry a solo album which is like the the final iteration of angel's song and none of the lyrics are the same it's literally just the music and the melody that is the same from this movie and i thought that was so weird and i still prefer angel's song over the debbie harry officially released song
1: maybe after this movie didn't do well she's like no one's watching this movie no one's gonna realize this
2: yeah no one's gonna know
0: (laughs) the song that was used at like the very end of the film to kill the demon that's the one you don't like
2: oh no the maybe for sure is an official song by debbie harry like you can find it on spotify but it's the same melody as the angel song the angel song reprise and then the final uh, act of the movie that you're talking about which was um according to the special features was the um lady who was doing all of the music i think her name is patricia collin she did her own like instrumental version and then cheap trick did their own version. And then Debbie did her own version and then they just kind of combined them, which is why it sounds like that at the end. It's just everyone coming in at the same time.
1: It sounds like a weird sketch show. It's like, yeah, just record it separately. We'll figure it out how to match it up. Yeah. And,
2: and the creators were super proud in the, in the making of they were like, and it sounds amazing. I was like, I would have had everyone record together, but that's just my opinion. I think it sounds fine for the the height of the action.
1: Maybe their egos were the reason they, they recorded separately. Maybe. <laughs> I think one of the weakest points of this film is
0: actually that it doesn't have original music. Mm-hmm. I think that if it could have had its own original soundtrack that would have, like, kicked ass, that would have also been awesome. But the fact that it's using known music, because when they go to, like, Take the demon down at the end. I know we're already jumped to the end of the film, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: they have to they have to sing they, to to fight the demon. The two characters who are in love the, have one to voice, sing a one heart, together. one song. Yeah, yeah. So they have to sing a song to take this demon to put it back into its hole in the ground. And the song they sing is just like a, a Blondie song.
2: Yes.
1: Well, the cheap, uh, the cheap trick is that they say no one can take the monster yeah. down.
2: No the, one, and I was like, "All oh, right, supercomputer who trick. looks like a brain." It was
1: the cheap trick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, but
2: we can we can back up here because I do want to talk about the characters a little more deeply, especially since it'll give me an excuse to talk about Cinderella, the best, the best character in the movie. <laughs> you
0: you may you may continue.
2: I wrote down the brothers' names. Does anyone remember what the henchman brothers were called? Like what? the the the, Sch- the Schlipper brothers.
1: One of them was like zip zip <laughs> like, zip, yeah. zip that's what it was zip the
2: innocent one <laughs> they all had like, just, like the difficult
1: sister. names and then there was zip yeah
2: but uh she is the sister of these three brothers who Uh, play henchman for mock this super celebrity who i guess in retirement is mad his music isn't selling well and then you're going mock if you've retired or i don't know if he's just you know past his prime or whatever the excuse is but he's he seems to be pretty mad that his ego is now bruised from his sales dropping
1: He's, uh, he's Mock Swagger too, right? That's his name. Mock
2: Swagger. And then Mick Jagger was like, you yeah. can't don't do this. <laughs> don't do this to me. And so they they just call him Mock in the film. Um he looks but... just like Mick
0: Jagger. Too, <laughs> yeah. So he, does. he does. He yeah, does, but like he also 100%. reminded me
2: of um kind of Michael Sheen from Tron Legacy with the with the with the white coiffed mm-hmm. hair. I was like Cursed, absolutely cursed, and his mouth it was detached from the rest of his face, and it was a messy divorce because <laughs> every time he talked, I was like, "Oh no, oh no." Going back into it, since I'm, I've been given carte blanche to talk about characters. Cinderella is the sister of the henchman, and she's, great. she's this she's tall, busty. Like they're all on roller skates for some reason. I don't know if that was a requirement of the job for Mock, but they, uh, her and her brothers, all are on roller skates all the time. But she's not allowed to, like, go out and party, and that's all she does. So when she meets up with Angel, the the lead, after she's kidnapped by Mock and they go to, is it Nork or Nuke York?
0: I think it's Nuke York. Like,
2: they're making a nuclear reference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Essentially, Cindy's like, do you want to go out? Do you want a party, girl? And I love it that Angel's like... Yeah, I party super hard. Like, <laughs> I just want out of the situation. Um, but I want to say one of the best animated scenes, like sequences, is in the—is uh, it called Studio Six 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 or is it called The Twilight Zone? Because yeah. I heard both six, names. Six Six Six. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the the club that they end up going to. But Sydney's I think you're right. They the do best call, I think they
1: do call it Twilight Zone. I, think there I like wrote it down, and
2: then they started calling it something else, yeah. that's I, definitely that's I thought it was the, the Studio
1: script. 666. So. No, I think oh, they okay. called it both. I think she's right. Like I think that you they could be changed right. yeah. it halfway through or something. And
2: that's very possible if you're writing a script while you're shooting the movie and no one's talking to each other.
1: <laughs> Let's call it Studio 666. It's way
0: cooler. They're like, it is. It weird. doesn't yeah. seem like anybody was like super checking on anything when they were making this anyway. So
2: Yeah. I already covered Mock. I'm not sure if you guys read that he was, like, a kind of disgraced or over-the-hill singer. Maybe it's because Here, I just recently watched Still Crazy, which is also about, like, over-the-hill musicians trying to kind of recapture their prime, but not in the way Mock does and trying to raise a demon. I'm not sure what his game plan was. And hey, again, we're
1: not sure if they to didn't have a script demon.
2: either. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a very He's specific type be... of rock that well, you want to bring rock, Satan yeah. into it. I mean... Yeah. Like, think of, like, Tenacious D. There's the, the mm-hmm. devil was involved in that. So. <laughs> the devil's always involved in Tenacious D. In
0: some form or
2: another. I, it's been too long since I've seen Pick of Destiny, but um, I'm trying to remain on track. Omar. <laughs> you, am I right that Omar had a different voice actor in the original release? Yes. The Canadian release? So in the Canadian
0: release, he had a different voice actor, and then they said they didn't like that voice actor, and they made them get rid of him for the American one.
2: Yeah, and that explains all the pauses and the fact that Omar will talk when he's not in frame sometimes. Like, they're making up for the fact
0: that probably the most obnoxious character ever he
2: is i think it, the thing he's is he's funny but he's not dick. as charming as i think they wanted him to come off as
0: yeah he's an absolute prick um that's there's like, not that's really how they open the scene he moment. comes
1: off as like yeah like you said a prick he just comes off awful yeah. there's nothing
0: about him that's redeeming and then she's like well okay the second song will be my song And he's like yeah yeah sure it'll be your song and then <laughs> it goes and then as soon as he starts up he just starts like ripping on his guitar which i don't like keep that animation like is abhorrent
2: i hate it i hate that he's Watching like him angrily guitar. fingering his guitar
0: <laughs> ripping like... on his guitar he's just like Ugh! he's just like <laughs> so angry in the way he plays guitar and then like She's just is like, I'm going to sing this pretty song and ignore yeah. your angry guitar playing. And then.
2: And what's weird is that, like, in the first song where he's being so angry and, like, that is the cheap trick song. I think it's called, like, I Hate You or something. That he's, like, being way too much on stage immediately. But then, like, Stretch, who's the other guitarist, and Dizzy, who does drums, have pretty pretty decent stage presence on their own as like the backup singers and all that. It's just Omar is so much and you can tell that he just wants to like be a star so bad that he gets immediately pissy when she starts singing her song.
0: He's such a fucking baby too. Yeah. Yeah. He throws temper tantrums constantly. He... I'm not, I'm not going to Mock's house. Then he goes to Mock's <laughs> house with them. I'm not going in Mock's house. And then shows up at box door. as <laughs> so they open the door. Then he goes in Mock's house and, like, talks over everybody and, like, makes the situation worse. And it's like, you know he's going to do all these things before you even get mm-hmm. into it he's because he's how he is hero. How he behaves.
2: Yeah. How reluctant can you be?
0: There's reluctant hero and then there's the... I'm an asshole
1: who ends up inadvertently <laughs> secondary like secondary antagonist. Has to, he's like he has exactly has is like a save man. the day. <laughs>
2: the real protagonist is Angel and kinda yeah. Cinderella and kinda Zip.
0: <laughs> like if he was a better person to his girlfriend and he was a better person to his bandmates and he yeah. paid attention to things, he's he's like, Yeah, mock is bad. Yeah, Mach is bad. Like, everybody is aware of Mach is bad. He's, he's aware of the bad situation. Bad.
2: But he's he's kind of a dick before mock does anything to any of them.
0: Right. Mock's not the issue there. You're the issue. You were always yeah. the issue. And then you... They all went because you were being a cocksucker. If yeah. you weren't such a cocksucker, they wouldn't have gone. And all this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. It's because you were a cocksucker and then you convinced everybody to go. It would have... Potentially gone poor for everybody, anyway. But at least then it would have gone violent, and he would have looked bad, and it, you know, yeah. whatever. You guys all went willingly because you, Omar was an asshole, yeah. And so it's just like I really hate characters like that in films where I'm supposed to watch that level of mm-hmm. obnoxious, terrible behavior, and go, "Well, he redeems himself." No, yeah. People who act like that, even if they at the end of the film do what they're supposed to do. I just can't get down with that level of behavior, like leading up to it. And it's really hard to watch people who act like that for the majority of the film mm-hmm. and then go, oh, well then, but they, but they turned it around at the end. It's like, yeah, well, they had no choice. Really. Yeah, like,
1: the, when, what was a- he gonna do?
2: Well, I'm not gonna defeat the demon. <laughs> right. It should have been like an um, accidental
1: sacrifice. Like it wasn't yeah. his choice to die, but his, his death would, like made the demon go away. And then you got the end of the movie where Angel's the star and Omar wasn't yeah. here anymore.
2: Going back to Omar himself, it does like because we're, you know, bringing up again that, you know, they were writing the script kind of like on the fly. They started with a base idea and just kept going from there. It feels like he was written with the assumption you were already on his side. Like you already liked Omar at the, like that was the assumption going into the movie. Like the only thing I, he did that I thought was actually funny when they got into Mock's house was when he kept walking up to the different henchmen being like, Mock buddy. (laughs) Hey, nice to meet you Mock. And they'd be like, what are you talking
0: about? I'm going to ask a question and make a comment with it at the same time and just kind of see. I feel like that's a very male writing thing to do to mm-hmm. make characters like that
2: well especially if he's a self-insert for someone who's writing him
0: <laughs> because I, I just feel like I, do you really think people act like that and mm-hmm. i can't imagine a woman making a character like that unless they're doing it derogatorily and i know that, yeah. uh, that sounds sexist to make in this kind of a statement but it's like men writing characters like is that, is that a thing like is that what they like picture themselves like is that good is, that, uh, do you, is that good behavior? It's Is that very. Good to you? It's a. It's a very specific that, like, style
2: of writing that I can only liken I just,
0: to. Uh... I can't imagine like looking at that and going, "God, I want to be like that." Yeah. <laughs> I want to make a character like that and look at that as like a character that's redeeming and has a, re- a good redemption arc. Like, there's a way to have those traits and behaviors that Omar was ex- exhibiting where there's selfishness and there's a desire to be a star and that mm-hmm. can sometimes overshadow your relationship and your friends and you know you can sometimes overlook the small things in life because you're so busy trying to get to the top that you overlook what you have in front of you and those kinds of discussions like there's plenty of ways to go about that yeah. and do it in a way where both those characters are redeeming i don't know if you saw cyberpunk Runner. That show is beautifully done. That show has Mm -hmm. a wonderful job of, like, building characters and redemption arcs. One of the most beautiful romance, like, stories I've ever seen done in a show. That's how you execute stuff like that. I don't understand, like a lot of times, like, stuff like this. It's just, I really hate following main characters who behave this way. Angel, yeah. however, was a beautiful side character, and she's treated so terribly in this film. Like, she's extra abused. Like, it's, like, almost, like, extra abusive to her. Like, she's...
2: Yeah, if this was written better, like like we said, Angel would have been the protagonist. She would have been the, the lead. And I feel like it's almost wasted in the fact that her character is so strong immediately in the complete opposite direction of omar where again omar is written as like oh he's sassy he he has a bunch of one-liners he's a jerk but you like him but like on the other side of that we have angel who's like stands her ground right away doesn't doesn't get pushed around by her boyfriend doesn't get pushed around by this celebrity who just demands that she sings for him like you know she essentially gets kidnapped but is still like as in control in the, of her situation as she can be. And she tries to escape. She even throws Mock's weird vase that has Mock's face on it out the window
0: yeah. when they hit yeah. New York. Mock's face. face. <laughs> she's interesting in that she's drawn mm-hmm. like a weak female character. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, the way that she's done, she's very sexualized and very timid and effeminate mm-hmm. in the way that she's done, but then mm-hmm. her actions and the way that she stands for herself throughout the film, you're She's very strong. She's a very strong yeah. character. And she doesn't really put up with anything. And right up until the point that Mok's like, I've had enough of this shit. And then he just puts a thing on her head and is like, y- I'm driving you. I'm not even going to fuck you anymore. Sing now. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. I-, I need your voice. I don't need you. I don't fucking need any of this shit anymore. And he just locks her down and puts mm. a fucking thing on her head. And he's like, here. And then he just starts like driving her because he can't put up with how like.
1: She won't, yeah. she won't submit. Like, she will not submit to him. That's another male I like fantasy his- there for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like his line after he has what feels like an off-screen shit fit. After she's finally like, I'm not doing this for you. You can fuck clean off. I'm not singing for you. And you just hear a bunch of bangs and crashes. And he just goes, she can sing or she can scream, but she still pissed me off. And he's like quaffing his fucked up hair.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> like, that's essentially like the end of Mock even asking if she's going to do it. Like, even, even giving her the option.
0: I feel like Mock was based off of, like, Tim Curry in some way.
2: I've, I've seen a lot of people say, like, Tim Curry, if he was playing um, the Claw from Inspector Gadget, almost, in, in tone. And I can see it, but at the same time, there's something so, like, schmaltzy about him. Like, that's where the Mick Jagger, like, aged the rock star comes in.
0: It's like if Tim Curry was doing Dr. Frankenfurter, but also Mick Jagger.
2: Yeah. <laughs> as much as Mick Jagger didn't want it to, to happen, it happened. Right. And then we have just... Uh, of the of the main band to round it out we just have stretch who is the stupid comedic relief the goofy if you will of of the group yeah. and then um dizzy who is the best of the of the group I feel and is the most responsible and is the most reasonable in his actions and he is the, the one that tries guy. to convince Omar to even bother saving angel at the end of the day <laughs> he is he's he is the, only the one, one who's that convinced not garbage. Them. And had somewhere for them to crash when they got into New York with uh, Aunt Edith, a.k.a. Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> and um, I, I, I think he's a very solid character. And again, if more. it was written better, yeah, if it was written any better, he would have had, like, a more solid follow
0: Because, like, why does he have all this connection? Why does he have such a background? Why is he the only one who's, like, aware enough not to take the drugs and aware yeah. enough to, like, not fuck around? The orb of drugs. Yeah. Those are great. The Edison balls. <laughs> I, I like the Edison balls. I, I want an Edison orb. I want to try one of those. Those look fun.
2: <laughs> oh man. Epilepsy warning in this movie, though. There is no getting through it or yeah. around it.
3: Yeah.
0: I was actually going to say that when we went into this episode. Hard epilepsy warning. Because this isn't just epilepsy. This is, like, 1980s epilepsy. <laughs> epilepsy, <laughs> With the, like, red and blue flashing. Like, the mm-hmm. hard... Like, the 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 pre-Pokemon, like... Kids with the seizures, kind
3: of. Yeah, especially
1: in
0: the club scene, where it's like a kids
1: show, unless you're giving them seizures.
0: Yeah, Canada and Japan, we're over here, like just trying to give our kids seizures.
2: (laughs) Only the strong survive.
0: (laughs) That's right. We do animation, right? Uh,
2: Even though, again, this is a really well animated movie, uh, um, especially again like the uh, studio or club six 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 and the demon and the sweeping landscapes all look really good but then you have stuff that happened that are flaws in the writing like um uh I think the character is just referred to as what's her face I was really confused on why mock wanted to trick Omar into thinking that Angel chose to be with him as opposed to being kidnapped just to put him into into like another torture ball (laughs) and then send him back over to Omtown immediately
0: I like how he keeps failing at concerts and mm-hmm. killing people trying to raise this. Yeah.
2: Demon. And he goes like, it's, again, two, the only two major metropolitan areas in the apocalypse, apparently are the New York equivalent and the hometown, the hometown equivalent where Mock goes, Oh no, for some reason, New York won't power my demon. I have to go back to this other place. We just were. And again, that's a flaw in the script. It Everything looks cool. Again, sweeping landscapes, his blimp, thing looks cool but i'm just like boy isn't it because like this was nuclear a nuclear more...
1: power plant though so like because yeah ohm it's hometown is like supposed to be it looks like a city like you said but mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like a small city <laughs> i'm imagining yeah. it's like it's like cleveland or something like yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> it just happens to be by a nuclear power plant so they're like there we'll, mm-hmm. just, we'll just use we'll that let's do it there <laughs> what's the weird name
0: they give to where mock performs in new york it's not it's like basically the madison square garden but it's not i
2: don't remember i don't think i wrote it down
0: it's like the slaughter slaughter
3: yeah
2: i
0: did enjoy the
1: garden
3: yeah
2: i don't
0: know it's like a weird thing it was, like, a, a strange name like that. But it was, like, the poster for it was cool as fuck.
2: Yeah. I I really liked the, like, on-the-street interview thing and, like, the updated report of, like, Mock fucking up and, and the whole thing blowing up with people trying to sell, like, I Survived a Mock concert shirts <laughs> and, and stuff like that. There were a lot of really good, like, little visual gags like that throughout the film yeah, that, that I great. thought was really worth it. was the,
0: the people selling the I Survived Mocks concert shirts. That was yeah. hysterical. Once again, this is not a kids' movie. yeah. There's like so much shit. Like whereas we, as we go through it again, I'm like, this was a great movie. I'm like, totally not for like families or kids. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand like who this was made for. Because like, really enjoyed this movie. But like when yeah. you step back from it, I'm like, I just don't know who this was made for. I'm but, willing
2: like, to accept that it was made for fun because it, it's a, it's just genuinely okay like a fun movie to watch.
0: But it was eight million dollars in 19 It's an eight million
2: dollar worth of fun. <laughs> You don't on, think this is eight million dollars worth of fun? Eight million. Ah, loo- the Canadian. I mean, if I government. had eight million
0: dollars, I'd have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I want you to. Under- I want you to understand, like the Canadian government paid for this.
2: Oh yeah, that's so, how their system works over there, huh?
0: So like the taxpayers paid for this movie. So we paid for this movie. Like, <laughs> we we paid for this.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Y'all I actually are... think that's pretty funny because like here everyone's like bitching like oh my tax dollars went into that. It didn't go into mm-hmm. education. It didn't go into infrastructure. It went into this animated rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, remember I, was when it our
2: tax s- money
0: went into rock and roll?
2: Yeah, was this? Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure about Canadian film history um, all that much. But was it Slithers that finally made um, the Canadian film industry have to be like, okay, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing your weird ass projects with like um, uh, taxpayer money.
1: I have no idea. You would think it would be this. Yeah, it, like, was- it did not make it. Anything back. I don't think it, yeah. it got a million dollars.
0: 30, $30,000. Yeah, that's 30, like,
1: And that'll kill it for everyone else. Like, if it was really $8 successful, $8 million,
0: $30,000 is what it made in total on its returns. Like, could you yeah. imagine? $30,000. That's insane. <laughs> that has to be one of the lowest grossing films of all time.
2: But, like, you know, being able to hang out with a bunch of rock stars and have them come in and record songs, and then a bunch of talent, uh, talented people. I think a lot of them were, like, just out of art school or just out of animation uh, programs who ended up working on this because the feature had also, like, specified certain animators for certain characters where it's, like... This is again, more...
0: In- embarrassing than time code
2: like we let adam sandler <laughs> make checks for his friends i don't think this is the worst thing to do with canadian money this, but it's one of those things of this was adam sandler doesn't surely. cost this much
1: <laughs> he, he does <laughs> eight expensive. crazy nights how expensive was that
2: oh that's a good not question not as expensive
1: as this That's because
0: you know why because it was done with computers so it would have yeah. been way cheaper at the time
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I would really Looked love a cell cheaper. from um, when Angel's performing her song at the beginning. For sure, that's hard to find. But if any, remember this is cell, cell animation. Survived. So yeah. the
0: fact that it was all cell animation and early CG, mm-hmm. and they used mixed media. One of my favorite things this is the TV. Uh, all the TV shows that they're watching in this, they used mixed mediums. Yeah, almost like it was, it was almost like Gumball. Yeah, like, what, was, like, however, uh, what was
2: the clown? Was it like Chuckles? That's Zip was watching.
0: Yeah, he's watching the clown. I don't remember what the clown's name was. That was really, I thought that was really cute when he's watching the clown on TV and the clown's discussing good and bad behavior and what is good and Mm what isn't bad. And then he looks and he's like, Are we bad? And then mocks like, Shut the fuck up. And he's just like, Yeah, but like, are we? Like, are are we actually like bad? I like... kind of
2: wish that happened earlier in the movie cuz it feels like between the henchman brothers being really funny and interesting even though they're supposed to be like complete dummies that are just like there to be the muscle and then Cinderella being a really interesting character and then Zip just having like this weird mini existential crisis about good and evil I was like we don't get a lot of stories with henchmen having like any kind of evolution besides being like a twist you know uh, but fucking it's a beautiful throw moment too in the like end. he's
0: He's, like, having this, like, I I didn't know that we were bad. Like, I didn't know that. And then he, but then, it like, he gets killed, and his brother's, like, he's, like, are we bad? That's all I want to know. And he's, like, please tell me that we're not bad. And then he dies, and then his brother's, like, oh, my God, we're bad people, and you just Mm -hmm. made my brother die. And I'm, like... I don't want and to, then I'm I gonna throw you that... into the
2: demon pit. Yeah, and, that, and he's that, just
0: like, "I like how that's snaps. how they got rid of Mock yeah. because
2: it was like, what else is going to happen to get Mock out of the movie? It's just being tossed into the pit."
0: Yeah, it's like a completely unusual twist to mm-hmm. how Mock gets killed, but like it works really well. And yeah, you could have stretched that a little bit more. You could have developed that a little bit more too. I think this movie's too short. You need a little yeah. bit more time. I know to the American cut is like an hour seventeen. Story. Which I know, I know, like, it was expensive and I know it's animated and stuff, but, like, I think maybe, like, there are a couple more minutes. Like, we said, like, we needed to learn a little bit more about the, I can't think of his name, the fat Uh, member of the band. Dizzy. Dizzy. We needed needed more time with him, just a little bit more, just to, like, learn a little bit more about his backstory to give him. They should have
2: spent more time building up the band before we would care about angel being
0: kidnapped right we needed to care more about angel and omar's relationship as a whole i think you summed it up a little bit
1: i think you summed it up as to why it happened that way because i know the older animation like even disney in like the 1940s they they started animating while the script was still being written too so like the Mm -hmm. older things like jungle book and stuff that felt like really short and dumbo that feels real abrupt it's because yeah. they couldn't go back and make changes after the fact, and they had to mm-hmm. lose some things because of time. That's usually why these things end up being shorter. There's probably there probably are scenes that they wrote up that they were like, "Listen, you're already way over budget. We're not giving you mm-hmm. any more time." Because I'm Ooh, sure I you could see some hands on the screen, right. some version where they have just like you know, drawings and somebody animates it, or right. you know. And Dizzy takes care of everyone going- yeah. again. I don't know why, but I'm reminded of um, the
0: Black Cauldron when I look at yeah, this Yeah,
2: where it's kind of like, oh, there's a lot of things that just kind of end and then we move the story forward.
0: Well, and remember, this is like very much the same time period as the Black Cauldron mm-hmm. too. This was just a bad era for animation, like yeah. all around. But you know what? Black Cauldron? great movie people don't give that movie enough credit i get it i get like it has like some real bad animation issues mm-hmm. that's on disney that's not yeah. on the film itself that's not on whatever like that's on them for like dropping the ball the story is excellent the idea is excellent there's a lot of great in the black cauldron the black cauldron was just the ball was dropped on its creation like that's not the film's fault itself and this is a great movie too like it's mm-hmm it's a great film. There's just, it was too expensive and there's a lot of balls dropped somewhere. Like somebody was
3: yeah.
0: fucking up somewhere with this. Like, mm-hmm. and so it's just like, I don't know. It's an interesting time period where people were really, I just, that's the, you know, it's like, what are we always talking about? What am I always talking about? The, the lack of creativity and storytelling yeah. in modern film. Right. And then it's like, you look at this period of animation in like the early 80s here, where you have this and like Black Cauldron, and it's like, these movies fucking bombed, but it's like, they were trying shit. And it's like, that's all I can give you credit for, is like, you tried shit,
1: you know? Modern animation too, the closest thing that I think about is probably the Spider-Verse movies, where it Mm, sounds like- Which are excellent. They give them a lot of, they give the animators a lot of freedom, and they, the directors will like, it's kind of like an improv. They'll be like, they'll take all these ideas, And they'll try them out and they'll see what works and doesn't work. And, you know, it's a time of, you know, computer animation, too, where it doesn't necessarily look like computer animation. But they're not spending, you know, eight million dollars probably to make this film either.
2: Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for the price tag, I think we all could have been like, yeah, this is Mm -hmm. this is for fun. Um, But also excellent news. I realized I wrote down that the clown is Uncle Mikey. Uncle Mikey is the one that makes Zip have an existential <laughs> <Fantastic>. crisis. <laughs> By
1: the way, <laughs> do you think that this the price was came down to the musicians? I oh, mean, the probably. Animation, animation is, I think, top notch. Like, I think the animation's very good, but yeah. I also feel like that wouldn't have ballooned the budget as much as probably mm-hmm. paying all these people to be in it.
2: Well, and then you open up the movie advertising your uh, musicians first. And then on the behind the scene feature, they talked about how all of the music was recorded before animation even started. So they would have, you know, Debbie Harry and Lou Reed and Iggy's performances to inform the characters. So definitely, I think that this was more centered on the musicians. We're just, again, one of those things where we're lucky this turned out as cohesive a story as we got by the end. But I definitely think a good amount of that money went to the famous people involved.
0: I'm really a big fan of music. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of music and film. I'm not always necessarily a big fan of a musical and what Mm -hmm. the structured musical should and shouldn't be. But I love unconventional musicals. I'm always a big fan of anything like, I see your Phantom of the Paradise poster. Like I loved when you showed me that. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'm a huge, big fan of Rocky. I'm a big fan of like, you know, um, Repo the Genetic Opera, any of that kind of stepping outside the box kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I am a huge fan of metal and industrial and rock music. And so anytime people take rock music and like 80s like hair metal kind of music especially and that kind of stuff and do things like this and take like cyberpunk and like dystopian future shit and incorporate it with like rock music kind of stuff like I'm so Mm -hmm. here for it I'm always like excited for it and so like this movie is like exactly what I'm kind of always looking for Mm-hmm. Which is just, like, an infusion of, like, dystopian, cyberpunk future shit with, like, musical numbers and, like,
1: rock. Yeah, you did trick yeah. me by it. This was a musical. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is.
2: Like, I don't think anyone would ever pursue it, but I could see this movie being, like, taken by someone who cares about the history and the subject matter and the animation involved and, like plussing it up and updating it and then like cleaning up the plot a little bit and kind of making a remake that would actually like really shake it up like really um make bank back some of that original investment of what was it eight million dollars
0: <laughs> robert rodriguez hey,
2: live action we're remake. in the, we're in the yeah.
1: era of uh, legacy sequels so you don't even have to remake yeah. it you can just be like, it's a sequel to Rock and Roll, and maybe they'll get their money back. Right. (laughs) 40 years later. I
2: can see that. And then Mock is like ruler of hell, and then (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're just like, I I believe you because I'm I'm not going to pay Amazon or go on Internet Archive and watch the original.
1: Well, usually when the legacy sequel's coming out too, the original is easy to Mm. find because they want people to get into it.
0: Right. Mm. But also... Can we get this live action remake with Robert Rodriguez directing? It's <laughs> well, so here Live action
2: is an is an option, but I'm like, okay. you know, there's but Robert a huge gap Rodriguez, in the world for
0: there's a difference. <laughs> like, hello. Have you seen the Alita?
1: Like, that was excellent. Have that you was, seen like, so well. the spy kids movies? That's right. <laughs> the, oh, well, wow, if we're
0: talking about the spy kids I guy made, who made the hello. thumb monsters. <laughs> That's right.
2: Um but I was I, I'm more thinking along the lines of like, you know, because The animation is like, again, like, especially with the demon and a bunch of other sequences is so like interesting and good. I'm like, why don't we encourage people to do that more with modern technology in 2D animation? Because this was such like a big thing while making this movie. Plusing it up, I think, would also be a, a fun time to actually be like, hey, remember when animation isn't just for little babies and can actually be interesting and artistic and, like, a, a creative endeavor? Well, but I think,
0: I think too, not that everything you're saying is wrong or whatever, but yeah.
1: everything she's saying is wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Every, i was absolutely on board everything. with everything. No.
0: <laughs> I talk about it on the show all the time, and mm-hmm. I go back to it all the time, and I'm always bringing up stuff about it all the time. And people kind of just kind of... I wouldn't say you glaze over it. I I, I would like, you're not ignoring me. It's just like a lack of knowledge on it and whatever. And that's Mm -hmm. that Canada are leaders in animation. Yeah. And I talk about it all the time. We are some of the best animators in the world. Japan's pretty fucking sick. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Canada have always been like top tier in animation. And we've been doing it for years. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I've said for years as well, we are leaders in CG. Leaders in CG. Like, top tier mm-hmm. fucking computer animators like we've always been doing it we did the first computer animated TV show like that was us hey my, my good uh,
1: friend uh she she grew up in Japan and she actually she film school with me but she works and does see like computer animation in Canada I don't know the company but it was is it mainframe I don't know but you know detective Pikachu she worked on that oh. yeah and the animation was like she only worked on one sequence, which was just, like, the Bulbasaur's walking. And it was oh. just, like, how how much time had probably went into that. But I think it's funny because it's, like, based off of a Japanese property, which, you know, where she's from. Mm-hmm. And now she's working in Canada doing that animation.
0: Well, like, okay. Um, for years, I don't know if it's still like that. But I know basically, like, anything from the 80s and 90s pretty much right up through, like, most of the 2000s, all... Dubs for most anime were done in Canada. Mm -hmm. Pretty much all your second tier voice actors for animation are all from Canada. We've been supplying like our voice actor, like voice actors for animation for years. Like we've been doing most of our Saturday morning cartoons. That's us. Like all the all the Nelvana stuff that you grew up with growing up. That's us. Like we've been doing Saturday morning cartoons for like the better part of most of your lives. I've been growing up on Canadian animation my whole life from like a study standpoint. Like I am obsessed with Canadian animation because it's a big part of my heritage and I Mm -hmm. love it. We do, like I keep talking about like the mixed mediums and stuff. We have like a lot of, the film board stuff where we show you just absolutely bizarre like strange like mixed medium animation stuff and we have a lot of embracing of that and i used to go to film festivals and watch the canadian like animation film festival stuff all the time and all that kind of stuff and i'm not just like just rambling at this point it's like such a huge part of us and i'm I'm like i don't understand like how there's such a lack of acknowledgement in our contributions to the animation world i think is what it is you have a huge contribution
1: to the film industry in general that most most of everything is shot in canada yeah, right. if it takes
2: place in Baltimore, it takes place in Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, because there's a there's a tax credit in, you know, Canada, and it's cheaper to shoot there. And actually, a lot of things do work better there. Canada for America, it works. Bo- well, not all the time, but...
0: Canada makes some of the, the best animation and horror movies, hands down. Yeah,
2: um, I was waiting for a lull to actually ask you if Angela Anaconda is Canadian, because <laughs> that's what the Uncle Mikey stuff reminded me of. <laughs> if you yeah, remember man, what I, Angela Andegon is. I do. Is. Yeah.
1: I
0: do. Yeah. Which, you know what's really funny? You're like the second person to bring it up, and Chuck, I think, was the Chuck last brought person to bring Chuck it up. Chuck brought <laughs> it up. Yeah. You're, you're Chuck, I am so. the Chuck.
1: Because <laughs>
0: so,
1: so, yeah. I was so, like, what's that weird animation? I'm coming for his, his it, job. brought it up immediately. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it might actually be Canadian, because I used to watch it all the that's, time. That sounds
2: right, because a lot of early Nickelodeon stuff was Canadian. Was
0: Canadian, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Like, I'm just saying, like, we made all your cartoons. Mm-hmm. We make all your cartoons. You understand that Canada makes all we your fucking you your, cartoons. We
1: Gave you your childhood.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We gave you your fucking childhood, and we gave you your voice actors. Like, and and the thing is, all your Sailor Moon dubs that you grew up with—that's us. Yes, all your that's Dragon where Ball dubs—that's uh, that's us. I like,
2: the polar bear icon was. Um, Uh, the Sailor Moon stuff and I was like that can't be the same one no way did they like animate it it must be like a distribution thing but no I remember the polar bear icon at the end of the episodes
0: so Canadian it's so funny too yeah Yeah. it's just like I wish that more people would embrace our film heritage a little bit more because
2: I'll start watching more Canadian animation
0: I mean we have a heritage of film Mm -hmm. It's there. And we have strengths. Like, we're not just, you know, America's whatever. This is also, like, America part 2.0. We do create some pretty amazing stellar content that if you get into, like, you'll be really surprised. And one of my obsessions is Canadian animation, hands down. I am so into Canadian animation. They are some of my favorite. Honestly, Canadian and French animation two of my favorite animation in the whole world. Do like, you think hands
1: that down. society is disrespectful to it specifically? Or do you think like as a whole, they just, they, they don't really care about the history of, of film and animation. Like, I don't see a lot of respect for history in general. You know, I mean, I
0: agree with you there on that as a, as a whole, but I, what I mean, like when you talk, when you talk to film people, like you're a film person, you talk to other people, you went to film school mm-hmm. When you were in film school, did anybody talk about Canadian anything?
1: Probably Cronenberg. <laughs> you know, like
0: Oh yeah. Other than the other Cronenberg. <laughs> other than Cronenberg like probably specific like, did they...
1: directors or something, but no, they weren't talking about um
0: but they'll always go on about like Italian cinema or they'll go oh Japanese like cinema or they'll go on about like French cinema or they'll go on about like there's always these like areas of the world where people will talk about like very specific. Like, oh, have you seen French horror? Have you seen like uh, you know old Jallo films? Have you seen like whatever? Like nobody sits around and says, "Oh, have you talked about Canadian horror?" Canadian horror is unique to itself and is its own thing. So why does everybody sit around and obsess over Italian horror, which is shit? When and we know it's shit, and I'm not making, like I'm not making not fun shit. of it. Like, but I mean, it's like we know what it is. It's its own thing. It's intentionally shit. It's a lower tier horror. It's why you watch it and get into it. Whereas Canada has yeah. produced some of like the best high tier t- like horror. Probably it's not those just Canadian, like
1: Canadian. Like what time are these Canadian like projects coming out? Because I feel like a lot of I times mean, if, Black it's, Christmas it's, to now. Like I mean, but that was we're some of the pioneers. Like Black Christmas was probably definitely influenced by like Italian horror. So you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like everybody is influenced off of somebody else. I think that's why they go back to like certain directors. Like you you can't get away from them. Like Kurosawa, you can't get away from him because all your favorite directors, even if they are Canadian, they're going to be like, Oh yeah, I love seven samurai. And that's where this came from in my animated movie.
0: I just think it's just so interesting. I mean, I just think it's interesting how we just, we just can't get any acknowledgement in that way. Like, why isn't anybody ever like you know what i'm down with some canadian any anything yeah like what's maple syrup that's what we get maple syrup and hockey that's what you get maple syrup and fucking you also hockey. have you the
2: frozen maple syrup there was a
1: great oh commercial God. i think they played it during the super bowl it was david <laughs> dave grohl and uh it was just all these amazing things that came out of canada like it was just nonstop. i've like, seen canadian
2: everything. heritage minutes you've shown me canadian heritage minutes uh, or yeah. moments
0: we have a wonderful. <laughs> I mean, we give you Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd is wonderful. But <laughs> just saying, like, I know that we have things, but I don't understand why. We yeah, it's can't it's get... more of the
2: wider wider scope of you know. Why talking like, about horror? Why right. aren't we bringing up more than Cronenberg? Because I know Ginger why, Snaps is also. Why I can't uh, Canadian like yeah? Horror.
0: Why can't people just say Canadian horror? You know not Maybe because it's, it's too
1: close. Canadian to like, animation, like, American. Like, why man? is that not a discussion? Americans are Americans dumb. can't tell. Yeah. They, can't tell right. they can't tell the difference between Canadian and American. So, like, when the film's French, it's obviously hard French. Yeah. If it's Japanese or Italian, like, they can definitely tell and recognize these places. But I'm sure most things that are, like, Canadian, like, whenever we talked about, I was bringing up uh, Halloween ends, and mm-hmm. there's a scene where the bullies are, band kids and like yeah. he's like well they were the bullies in Canada but it's a sort of like it doesn't read like Canada when you're watching that movie yeah it just mm-hmm. seems off or something but yeah there's so many movies where like I don't know you you love Scott Pilgrim and the whole thing takes place in Canada and I, I guarantee you the majority of the people that goes over their head even though the director's British you know what I mean like right
3: mm-hmm. well
0: I I mean,
1: we watched the uh, Cannibal Girls.
3: Yeah.
0: Recently, like recently, that was Canadian as fuck. Mm-hmm. That movie was so fucking Canadian.
1: That was the one with Eugene Levy, right?
0: We're getting yeah, all the shit. Yeah, with Eugene
1: Levy. Levy.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I was just like, and how I... could you? How could you look at that and go, that? That's that's got to be American in some way. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, because it's um... like, it's clearly not American and it's clearly not European. But it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's very much its own thing. So mm-hmm. why? I don't know. I just, I didn't want to go on a tangent, but like, also like, I I think it's unreasonable to see so much quality content come out of our country and so much unique content come out of our country and such a lack mm-hmm. of acknowledgement when we've been doing it for so long and we're leaders in so much.
3: Yeah.
2: Well I have I have um something going back to rock and roll. Um did you know Bring that Bring it back. Yeah, did you know that Ohm Sweet Ohm is a song that I had like saved on many playlists on many different um like music playing apps like pre-spotify was on like youtube all that um and i didn't know rock and roll when i first heard it so i was like oh what's this like cutesy folksy town song where they keep saying home weird because you know hometown is uh, definitely supposed to be hometown um but getting back into the movie that's a weird portion where they go, look at these dumb idiots who are brainwashed into thinking everything's okay. They're singing like cutesy folk now, <laughs> a cutesy folk version of the song they started with at the beginning of the movie, which I thought was really interesting. They were really good at like callback, like repraises throughout the whole movie, um, getting back into it and talking about the music. I'm not sure if My Name is Mock really has a space in the in the modern world, but I think Angel song again- if That was, music
0: was- truly awful
2: it was truly awful triumph and my name is mock and triumph is also about mock mock loves talking about mock and then is like why isn't anyone buying my music anymore
0: (laughs) was that my name is mock song yeah it's terrible it's just my name is mock
2: and thanks a lot but i was looking at the at the soundtrack list and i really do think that a lot of these are like if they were covered and released today would be fine especially of course earth wind and fire because the the song that they um added to the movie wasn't necessarily relevant to the plot as much as the mock songs but boy for for the guy who's supposed to be like the music guy he doesn't sound very good even comparing him to um uh i put in my notes comparing him to um, Swan from Phantom of the Paradise because Swan is also like this huge you know superstar who turned into like a That's producer a reasonable, role yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Um,
2: but then That's you still comparison. have it yeah and then you still have him like sing throughout the film and still sounds fine of course because uh, of course he does but boy something about mock i'm like this is definitely a personality celebrity over any kind of actual musical talent maybe maybe it's just because we didn't go through world war three yet so i can't appreciate his actual message
0: justin have you seen phantom of the paradise
1: no but i'm interested in it we'll have to cover that one
2: Uh, invite me back on because you know i'm always willing to talk about Phantom of the Paradise. Um, it does have Paul Williams is the is the guy who plays um, Swan, who's like the main baddie, because um, it's kind of a retelling of the story of Faust and Phantom of the Opera and a, a bunch of other literary references. But Paul Williams, we all know from like Rainbow Connection and all the other um, stuff he's written. I think he also ended up working with Daft Punk because they're fans of Phantom of the Paradise. So it, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of worth it if you're into it. And that movie... I think was an American release but did uh, well only in France and Canada upon release. (laughs)
1: Those are the only two places that liked it. I never heard of that movie until I met her. (laughs) I'm looking at the posters. I recognize Wizard of Oz. I think. Yeah. yeah. Or it's a sequel to The Wiz because it just specifically says The Wiz of. <laughs> no, it's The Wizard of Oz. Oh,
2: oh, my poster <laughs> <laughs> posters. Yeah. Yeah. posters. Yeah, posters yeah, in yeah. the background. That, I thought that you meant that you were searching Phantom of, of the Paradise. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my giant The Magnus Archives pillow. Um, I need to have everything I like around me or I'll forget about it um but with swan it's it's such a good comparison to mock because like the ego is there the desire to capture a young woman's voice whether or not she kind of wants to is there a lot more obvious cocaine use in phantom of the paradise (laughs) as opposed to mock who looks like he's smoking a joint but then snorts it halfway through his sentence and you're like oh well i guess he can do that in animation
0: (laughs) they do cocaine in the um bar sequence
2: yeah in the bar sequence there's that guy who's might have a really problematic, like almost rastafarian accent, going around counting off the drugs that he just has in this box, like he's a cigarette girl.
0: I like when they go to the tattoo person. And yeah, she's Aunt like, Edith. The roller skate chick has my special tattoo, which is the heart yeah. with the wings on it. and She <laughs> has it on her ass. Yeah, and that's how they find her. Is the guy? She, she sticks her ass in the guy's face. He's like, <laughs> found her. To be fair, she's sitting down.
2: She doesn't actively stick her ass in his face. His big nose runs into her ass.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm like heart and wings this on me. So you yeah, know. you
2: got the you got the, the fourteen ninety yeah. nine special. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, you do. If that's I was really a funny. harder
2: fan for this movie, I would get the ass tattoo. Yeah for my girl cindy yeah
0: i could pull that off
2: um
0: I, not... I uh i just like i see that scene though and i'm just like yep more child appropriate Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this movie i guess they walk around again, this bar snorting drugs and snorting drugs whatever. and there's a banana really guy like... and, uh, <laughs> and then there's like hey there the she is and the tattoo's like on her ass they're sort of looking up her dress and i'm just like and,
2: yep to be fair, her skirt is just so small. There's something with asses in this movie. I think I mentioned that before. There's something... Because, <laughs> like, the I cop no is complaints. double-cheeked up on a Tuesday afternoon, and every time we see him, they're like, remember, this cop has a huge ass. And then, um, I think it's Dizzy when they're on the bus. The second time they just get drugged up and shipped out is, like, mooning Angel from inside the bus. <laughs> Lexi's like,
1: <laughs> and then, it's, it's saying bon Voyage And Marina's like, well, did you see what she was wearing? <laughs>
2: All right. it's again Cindy is going to do what Cindy does you can't always be like this is problematic when like you know
0: Marina's the- slut shaming
2: <laughs> well, Marina's no, like, being I'm being a little
1: bitch about it
2: I'm also like Cindy's gonna do what Cindy does but like if we're gonna talk about problematic again this the bar is just full of problems <laughs> including yeah. dizzy just being so disgusted by him checking out a man's ass until he turns around the favorite minor character the banana guy
0: I'm amazed the religious right even even let this movie get past their they probably don't even know about this they, they don't know about it they, they don't know, know, about, they know it. about this movie they're like what i didn't know about this one they're i'm like, kind of surprised they made this see... didn't they yeah. We're going to get them.
2: Going to say I'm surprised I don't see more like Christian moms against furries stuff cuz that's when this would come up as, you know, they, the furries they, are trying to change all of our children's gender and make them all gay. There's a
0: there's a mega out there who accidentally saw this movie. <laughs> and they're like Ma, get the airplane! We gotta fly over Disney and air-write some shit about this movie I just saw from They don't there. pay
2: for air-writing. That's the funniest thing. Like, this is a semi-tangent, but when a bunch of, like, Nazis and alt-right people were protesting outside of Disney World... Like, I like if how no, you separate like, them like they're looks, two different people. Well, you know, I am not. I didn't look into the situation, but in general, like, Nazis standing outside of the Disney World gates trying to, like, pick it. But then, like, it looks troubling if you haven't been in disney world but in disney world they are literally miles away from where any family any theme park is any hotel like they are right. they're the farthest point i'm like if they even cared that much they would pay for skywriting because disney can't do anything about that
1: i want a movie a live action movie where the dad, like a dad, is getting ready to go to work while their kids watching rock and roll, and this is like <laughs> specifically what's on TV, and they're not paying attention at all to what their kids watching or care about it. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like read the newspaper, drinking their coffee, and the kids watching the most explicit shit, and the kids just like they're like, all like right, that part we're going of Mean Girls where
2: the little sisters watching the Milkshake video and and kind yeah. of trying to do the dance.
1: That's what I want. People are like, yeah. They always go because yeah. this is everybody today. The, nothing was like this back you know how many years ago and it's like yeah mm. w- yes it was you just ignored it right that's the difference yeah but that's funny because uh, marina's like i'm going on a tangent and i'm like but i have a tangent
2: <laughs> <laughs> did you was that was that your tangent i don't want to yeah step that's on what i was gonna tangent. say i was like <laughs> i just had the
1: vision of like a kid watching this in the 80s and the parents yeah. totally being there But not remotely paying attention to what's on Being like, ah, it's animated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just cartoon shit. I don't
2: know. Yeah. To be fair, we let Lexi talk a long time about the unfairness of uh, Canadian cinema representation.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's what Lexi does. That's her ongoing (laughs) theme for our podcast. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm here to represent the Canadians who don't get represented.
1: And I'm just rude. like, nobody cares about Canada. (laughs) She's like,
0: what the hell? she's like i know i understand <laughs> what else do you want to say about this movie marina get it out there
2: oh boy i was trying to look over my notes while politely waiting um but i think i've covered everything i'm sorry i, I was kind of all over the place this is just no. generally one You're of those fine. movies where like i found it on my own not necessarily like on tv i definitely watched like Uh, I want to say it was like D'Amanda Hagen or one of those other, like more obscure YouTubers covered it. And I was like, wait, let me, let me watch this myself. (laughs) And then that's when I figured out that uh, Ohm, Ohm, Ohm Sweet Ohm song that I really liked was from this movie. Um, But no, I think, I think if you are a fan of both obscure uh, musicals and obscure animation, this is definitely something to put on your checklist. But otherwise, boy, is it a fun movie. (laughs) Boy, is it definitely a movie of its time, written by people who were definitely passionate, but probably weren't as organized as they could have been to really give us really satisfying character arcs.
0: I think one thing that's really interesting to know about this movie, too, that I read in the wiki was that in Canada, after this was released, uh, CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Channel, that's basically like our channel that... Kind of, kind of, yeah. Like, no matter where you are in the country, like, you could Mm -hmm. have like, nowhere. You could be in the middle of nowhere, and if you have an aerial and the ability to have a TV, you can get CBC, Mm because that's the whole point of it. Is that it's supposed to be like, you have access to this because if an emergency, you need to be able to access it. It's also Mm -hmm. how they broadcast emergencies and shit. CBC ran this movie uncensored when they ran it on their network because we don't censor shit in Canada like yeah. this. So Canada got this movie released uncensored, but in America they censored the fuck out of it. So we ran it on Canadian television uncensored with just a little warning at the start, like, hey, just so parents know. it's a little bit of uh, TNA in this. So just <laughs> it's so risque. Because you know. the thing about Canadian television is that um, we have censorship on violence. We don't like violence. We don't like guns and blood and gore, um, even though we do solid horror. We're not into like that stuff but we will let tits and bloods and swear word or um, mm-hmm. tits and asses and sex and swear words on tv in canada with just a little bit of like warning yeah after a certain hour it's all pretty much go so i remember growing up in canada after like basically midnight i could watch all kinds of like nudity on tv and swearing mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff growing up so coming down to America and. Having that moving here at twelve and seeing your guys' TV, it was a real culture shock in a lot of ways. Like I mean to, you could
1: watch it through the fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> you could find the right channel.
2: I was about to bring up like American attitudes towards any kind of sex or sexuality is so wildly different from almost everywhere else, and yet violence is our is our big game. That's something mm-hmm. that we don't have as much of a problem with depending on the time of day. <laughs> but sex it's not no, so get it yeah. out of here. <laughs>
1: That's like it's we weird. were watching what we watched some movie. It was a Japanese movie, I think, uh, or maybe I watched it. I don't know if it was one that we watched together. But the whole premise mm-hmm. was about a person that had a gun, and guns are oh, so yeah, hard to get. Bullet Ballet, over. yeah, so hard to get a gun, and it just revolves around this plot that, like, in America, would be a joke because everyone. <laughs> that, yeah. that was
0: another one of my movies.
2: <laughs> I was just thinking, like, finally, a, a foreign movie that we would not be able to just adapt one to one to America. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that's exactly what I said when we watched it too. I was mm-hmm. like, "I think this movie cannot be translated to America at
1: all." Yeah.
2: and we <laughs> love doing our own remakes as opposed to just showing the original movie. Yeah. We hate the original movie. I watched um, the. I think the American release was "Let Me In," but the "Let the yeah. Right One In" movie yeah. is is basically the same movie. They just didn't want to um, show it's the a same with quarantine. Yeah, uh, record. Yeah, let, things, let me in. Let movie. me in
1: is all right, but it's not like.
2: It's not the same, yeah. <laughs> it,
1: the original is better, and it's too mm-hmm. close to the it's too close to the same thing. Yeah. God, the original is so good. Mm-hmm. God, it's a good movie. Did There's a you guys car crashing in the new one. That's decent. I didn't read the book.
2: It's long, but it it was pretty worth it because there's um, characters that are kind of melded together, Mm -hmm. even in the original movie. And there's way more context for um, a lot of the characters going on. Of course, upsetting things because, Mm -hmm. you know, you do have the guy who's just so willing to take care of this forever child creature. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's worth it if you're interested in like weird vampire lore and stuff that isn't necessarily an Americanized interpretation of vampires.
0: Justin. Yes. Did you like this movie?
1: Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Oh, a we lot. are
2: talking about Croton Rule, aren't we? <laughs> Sorry. So,
1: <laughs> in in general, like I thought the animation was wonderful. I thought it was weird in a great way. I feel like the shortcomings are like what we already discussed that mm-hmm. they're just it, some things feel incomplete or weren't given enough time. But beyond that, like uh, you know, I I can't look at this movie and say, this is what I wanted it to be. So I'm looking at it as what it is. And like the closest thing, like it made me think of, I haven't watched in a long time, but it makes me think of like rock doodle do. Uh,
3: yeah. Rock
1: doodle. Like, biker, yeah. biker mice from Mars. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's like maybe a little too, too 90s. So we got to like pull pretty, it back. It's a pretty reasonable.
0: Bit. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a good combination.
1: No. And it felt, it felt adult to me whenever it started, it didn't feel like it like it definitely felt like it would be for somebody that's at least in their early the mid 20s like it was this bar scene and mm. these people kind of seem hopeless about the situation that they're in and and it goes from there and like the like not even just like the sexual type stuff like just those adult the- themes that kids mm-hmm. aren't ready for yeah but but yeah in in general i'd say that it was a pretty solid movie i don't know if i've heard about it before mm-hmm. or like the title sounds really familiar and i don't know what i'm thinking like i'm comparing it to this isn't what i was thinking when i was thinking rock and roll but mm-hmm. were you
0: thinking of titan
1: ae perhaps no 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 I, I think i was thinking of like uh uh shit what is it called What's the school rock thing? Um, oh, school of rock? Not school of rock, though, live action. But what was the, um, that stupid thing with the bill? Oh,
2: school, um, school house rock.
1: Yeah, schoolhouse rock, I think, was, like, on yeah. my mind whenever <laughs> I started watching this. If the, if the talking really bill funny. showed up
2: in, in rock and roll, I think that could have only made the movie better. But could you imagine licensing the character?
0: Yeah, that's, like, what, that's what way Soft the demon is the bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. he comes out of nowhere
2: Uncle Mikey called him in (laughs) called in a favor from the US (laughs) oh no (laughs) what do you mean I can't perform a concert at a nuclear plant thanks to this new bill (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry you can't raise the demon here without the proper paperwork
1: yeah and I'm thinking like what (laughs) Chernobyl happened right around the time (laughs) this came out Though, Jesus Christ
2: oh no the time might have been a little
1: touchy yeah
2: lexi do you remember when you guys uh, you were watching chernobyl and i came in and i was like oh everyone's so sad and you're like yeah, it's chernobyl and i was like is that guy gonna be okay and you're like well it's chernobyl so <laughs> have a guess
1: i guess <laughs> chernobyl's like let's watch a drama where nobody realizes what they're what they're doing
2: yeah. The same person also did The Last of Us, right? The same mm-hmm. director or, like, yeah. creative lead? Yeah. Which was Last excellent. Of Us, series and he did, like, good. real
1: shitty things before that. So the fact, like, when you yeah. we were, like, Chernobyl's so good, this guy wrote, like, a superhero movie or some really bad mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Justin,
0: real quick. Yeah. Well, we have The Last of Us was just brought up. Yes. I have to ask you. Yes. Timecode. Yes. Do you remember the um, guy in time code with the beard who he- was, like, one of the... Like producers that was making the movie. Yeah. Was that guy the guy who ran the cult in Last of Us who gets killed by the little girl?
1: I mean, I could look it up, but I did. The guy seemed familiar, and I wasn't thinking that was what it was. What he I was like,
0: from. I was like, mm-hmm. he, I also I, there's another show that I know of where like he plays a loser who's like always he's a loser husband who's always being made fun of. Well, the Priest ways, character was shirt. also a
2: loser. So. I wasn't but, as familiar
0: I mean, like, with I think that it's guy, a... I
1: don't think. Like, he has a familiar face. I just yeah. thought you might
0: know, like, right off the top of your head with that one. Because we brought it up on the sh- when we were talking about it in the episode. I thought I'd throw it out there because she said it. And I'm like,
1: hey, Last of Us, I'll ask. No, this guy, the, the guy couldn't have been in time code because... Oh, wait, 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 wait. guess he could have been in time code. Give me just one second. Are
2: you man. looking at Scott Shepard? Because that's who I found.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in it. At first, I was like, he wasn't in anything before 2011. I'm like, wait, he was in one thing in 1995. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's definitely not that guy. I, this, okay. But that he definitely guy has a- one of those faces. Yeah, he does. He he was a really good actor. But when I saw him, I'm like, I definitely thought I recognized him from something else. And it says he was in, like, True Detective and stuff. So maybe I did recognize yeah. him from something else. Mm-hmm. El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. So, I know I wasn't on Time Code. Time Code was uh, interesting. I think you guys. I was guys... going to ask
0: you before we wrapped up if you had final thoughts on Time Code as well. Because you fi- didn't get to talk about it. The
1: final it. time. Time. Well, listen to the episode. I pretty much agree with everything that you and Chuck came up with. I I don't think it was well executed. I think it was a good idea. And I definitely think that you picked a good movie to discuss. Like, it's it's definitely like the experimental thing that's worth talking about it's like can somebody do it i think they can i just don't think it was that movie and the director of leaving las vegas i like the thing that impressed me was like the cast i like fucking knew every cast is amazing movie and i'm like why are there so
0: many many people in this movie that i
2: know is are we talking about the selma hayek movie time Mm -hmm. yeah
0: okay and i think at the time uh, with the exception of, like, Selma Hayek and a couple of other names, they were all pretty well-unknowns. Like, mm-hmm. they're all pretty small actors. They've all gone on to be, like, huge background TV actors. I mean, they're all, there's not any person in Timecode who's a small part at this point. They mm-hmm. all are major actors, every one of them, which is, like, so incredible when, like, you like said that. You're like, it really reminded me of Adult Swim. That's what it reminded mm-hmm. me of. Was like watching an adult's film sketch. Yeah, I just wanted you to be able to say your piece on Time
1: Cook. Yeah, I don't. I don't think yeah. that every segment was used well. I thought that they could have had the camera in mul- like multiple cameras in one scene showing different things. Right, mm-hmm. would have could have worked fine. But that's like Chuck brought up. What is it, her name? Uh, triple Horn or whatever. Like the one just in the
0: car the whole time. It
1: was like on her, just like what. Her face. Hour. Like whole a whole time. hour just like, yeah. she's thinking and getting pissed off. Yeah, no. It, it's got a lot
0: of problems. But I, I still think, I genuinely think it should be taught in film school. I think it should be a film that's discussed in film school. I think it's a failed experiment that should be talked about.
1: Oh yeah, sure. I'd, make people wa- I'd make people watch it and discuss it.
2: And the best part is you can use that sound clip for both time code and rock and rule, in
3: a
0: way. <laughs> there you go see bringing it back around are there any final final thoughts on rock and roll genuinely
1: final 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 thought is check it out i'd I'd Mm. imagine most people haven't seen it and it's worth it
2: yeah i feel like it's one of those movies not unlike you know phantom of the paradise and a bunch of other like has cult followings but not enough that like you can't impress your friends by being like have you seen this yet? It is definitely one of those that like, yeah, I could see bringing this into like, maybe not like a full everyone's talking party, but definitely like a, what do you mean? You've never seen rock and roll kind of space. So if you can find it again, you can just rip it off of uh, internetarchive.org really easily. Um, I would, I would say, go ahead and try to grab it while you can.
0: Listen, you want to show up to the furry party <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to be the hot shit furry. You want to be like, listen, guys. I got the good shit. You pull out <laughs> rock and roll. They're gonna be like, "Oh, damn!" Either they know it or they don't know it, and then they're gonna be all horny afterwards. Lexi, mm-hmm. when you do the
1: ads for this this episode, you got to make sure like everything's like attention furries, so we can That's bring right in a new demographic. You you asked me via text. Who's the demographic for this movie? And I think you figured it out as furries. That's, that's right. Every time. I mean They probably weren't around really or not prominent in nineteen eighty three. I know there's probably is a documentary where somebody was like a furry. I've talked
0: about this before. I've talked a billion times about this before. I genuinely believe that the modern day furry is a direct result of kids growing up in the eighties and nineties and being subjected to disney and all of that anthropomorphic cartoon mm-hmm. shit that we grew oh, up yeah. with they gave us incredibly <laughs> sexualized L- L- Bunny, anthropomorphic like shit yeah. yeah our whole life growing up was just anthropomorphic sexualized cartoons i'm like yeah i will say though fucking horny as, for it
2: as far as like furries go well yeah jokingly this could be the demographic i almost want to say that uh, going back to my point earlier of like why are they mutants it's almost like again they're kind of goofy extremely goofy movie level of animal where i'm like would furries even go for it because on the barometer like i'm thinking of like animal olympics as you know the thing from the 80s that if furries watched it outside of like i know exactly you know, what you're talking about yeah. Olympics, uh, it, yeah if it was animal olympics or rock and rule animal olympics did more for the furry community <laughs>
0: For sure, I feel like outside of furry, though, I feel like this movie had a heavy influence on um, Cool World.
2: Oh yeah, S- st- stuff like ways. that. Again, like cool like look
0: world. at look at Hollywood and look at the the girl character in this movie. They basically mm-hmm. completely ripped off Hollywood from her.
3: Yeah, like she's her a director. Smaller dress, of her.
0: yeah, smaller dress, mm-hmm. and like less like anthropomorphic face, more female yeah. face. They look the same, especially like in and. The animation in this is way better. The animation in Cool World is fucking terrible. Some of the worst animation I've ever seen. It's,
2: it's been a while since I've seen Cool World, so I have to. I know. Review. Cool
0: World is such a disappointing film. It's <laughs> like. You really want that film to be as good as the idea is and it's so fucking bad because like once again that's an attempt at bringing adult animation into America. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those first attempts at like more adult content. It came out after Roger Rabbit. It was like, you think Roger Rabbit's adult? Look how adult we can get yeah, with this. Yeah, I was this. thinking Look Roger the, Rabbit yeah. when I was watching the season. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's because that's the boundaries they're trying to push with like Cool mm-hmm. World, but it's like it feels like the people who watched Cool World were trying to be Roger Rabbit but completely ripped off of this movie instead. Mm. And it's like it's like we know where your influences came from. You got it from Canadian animation, you fucking liars. <laughs> Canada's where it's at. Maybe it's you subconscious,
1: yeah. like you said. Yeah, it is, I'm it's just, probably
0: very true.
2: It's it's the little things where like I kind of wish that more things that are put in the adult animation box aren't adult because there's sex and curse words. Drugs, I wish it yeah. was, a, yeah, I wish it was, you know, considered adult because the subject matter is heavier than what you would show children. And this right. is, this kind of hits the mark in that. I don't think children really understand the nuance of like, I don't know, summoning a demon. Cause you're mad your sales dropped, right. but, um, that's, cr- it, I think that's great. That's an excellent yeah. point. I love that.
1: That's like uh, the word adult, people hear adult mm-hmm. and they think, pornographic because yeah which is such a shame recently i people were talking about the barbie movie and they're like but Mm -hmm. i heard it's more for adults i'm like it is i would say it is but it's not adult like it's over sexualized or showing something that kids Mm -hmm. should see it's literally for somebody that's probably in their 20s and 30s
2: all the trailers when I went to go see Barbie were for kids movies. So yeah. they were s- uh, under a completely <laughs> different impression yeah. with what they tied to this movie trailer wise Yeah, but they
0: uh, thought this movie
2: like... being Barbie. Sorry, yeah. not yeah. Mark and Roll. And
0: you're, <laughs> you're not wrong. And like, that was a problem back in like the day too, mm-hmm. when they started making adult animation in America specifically though, because yeah. like when you look at like uh, Europe, they would do things like Lord of the Rings, things mm-hmm. like that, where it would be more fantasy oriented and they would go more that way for adult animation. Whereas like we were doing Fritz, the cat and going yeah. into Fritz, Harry yeah. Crum, and it's like, that's always like down that sexual route instead again. And then the movies get played at like midnight showings. And then like they yeah. have weird cult following risque. How you get... Yeah. Yeah. I will say, have you, have either of you seen wizards?
2: Uh, I have seen bits and pieces, but I did want to sit down and eventually watch uh, Wizards and a bunch of other, like, for adults, in, like, the most technical terms, for adults kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you, are you familiar with Wizards?
1: No, I I'll watched The Wizard. will probably make talk Wizard. about it on here.
0: It's a 70s animated film about this, like, robot-type mm. thing that they have to transport. It's a cyberpunk ish like yeah I was under the impression also... it was
2: like wizards versus technology like fantasy versus yeah. science fiction almost it's
0: it's like a cyberpunk ish type future where basically like we went too far with technology and burned ourselves out
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so there's still remnants that's all of technology sci-fi there. we went too
1: far <laughs> right?
2: we've gone too far
0: then there's like all this old world lord of the Rings shit that's kind of like mm-hmm. come back into play and so the old world Lords of Lord of the Rings shit is trying to deal with the modern world technology stuff that's still around, and they treat it like magic. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the plot of the film, is that they have a robot that they need to, like, transport, and they're using, like, magic and stuff, and they're calling it a wizard. It's not really a wizard. It's, it's a really interesting film, and it's animated, and it uses, like, that... Lord of the Rings style animation from like Was the, that actually
2: Ralph Bakshi or is that uh not I think what it, is it is him, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: I think it might be that person. So mm-hmm. like I highly recommend like, he's like, it. I'm like sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm always bad. With, I don't like saying his last name. It just don't it just it feels phonetically wrong and I can't say it right and I just I
2: just like I, I take wrong. a swing at it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you do it and I'll just be like Marina's got it and I'm just gonna let her do it. So here we are.
2: I said Don Frank's earlier, but for all I know it's Don Franks or some weird other I just, means of I saying I feel it. like
0: there's this this weird realm of adult animation where rock and roll sits like at the cusp of to mm-hmm. me, where when you talk about this mid-70s to early 80s era of adult animation where you get things like Wizards and Heavy Metal and this movie and the original Lord of the Rings and Fritz the Cat and just all this shit, that's really like one of my all-time favorite eras of animation because it's just mixed mediums mm-hmm. and there's no studio backings really behind these things. They're just artists who were allowed to create and go freeform and yeah. had a comic and they were like how can I translate my comic visually and they're like I guess my comics watercolor based so yeah. how can I fucking make watercolors work into fucking animation mm-hmm. and they're like okay here I go and they fucking have at it
1: and I'm like you're describing the like the ideal producer too like uh, the I feel like a producer should let the the creators create but just you know they got to keep mm-hmm. them to the budget so say hey we can't afford that you're gonna have to find be creative and find a different way to do it i don't think you say i don't think you start throwing in the creative ideas as the producer unless you're the one piecing it all together like you're like yeah i'm picking this story i'm picking this director these animators
0: you don't think harvey weinstein has all the
1: right answers and shouldn't step Um, into everybody's films and tell them what to fucking do I don't think that Harvey Weinstein <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's like was always like a money person and a very difficult yeah. person for everyone to work with. And he's horrible. He he's ruined more movies than he's created and he's I mean they started with distribution so mm-hmm. did he get lucky? I mean he kind of did, you know, was getting into Sundance and and taking those movies and and grew from that there. Is he smart? Probably not in the creative aspect, but I mean, in general, like as he a human lucky. being, I would say he's not very smart that's at all. He did.
0: Yeah. He got um, in a role in the '90s, and he got lucky, and that's how he achieved his success. With ha- any yeah. having any decent films under his belt, uh, everything he did in the 2000s was fucking trash because he stepped in and he fucked everything. Sorry to like go off the. No, rails no, on you're one right. One like, like he
1: take like he does it all the time. He took good. <laughs> he took good directors and stuff, and and. Butchered their work.
2: Uh, I was going to say, going back to like, you know, interesting animation, I do feel like maybe this is like too doom and gloom, but especially with like all the writer strikes and actor strikes, and you know, um, even now I think the uh, whatever remaining animation. Uh, department is in Disney is trying to get Disney to acknowledge that they are trying to start a union. So I feel like between stifling producers and all this other stuff going on you really only find people being able to be creative when it's their own dollar when it's in a uh, space like youtube or like uploading their own content because um for example going off on a nerd tangent here um i'm not sure if either of you are familiar with worthy kids on uh, youtube but he does really interesting no. animation that looks 2d but is done in the 3d blender um uh, animation space and so he's been toying with that and has really, like, interesting cartoon shorts and, like, a whole series he's made off of that called Big Top Burger. And that's totally homegrown. Like, whatever um, support he might get on, like, a Patreon page or whatever is all he has to work with. And we've seen I mean, really interesting we've... filmmakers come out of YouTube, like uh, the yeah. Rink. I'm not sure if either of you have seen Skinner yeah, not yet. Uh, I do know it. what it is. Yeah, but, like, it's not everyone's favorite thing, but that is a perfect example of someone who started on YouTube, got their, like, very distinct style down while doing their own homegrown stuff, and then was given money to produce a full movie. I've
0: I've talked about that with you. I I personally did not like it, but um, I give credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we spent a month talking about YouTubers, and I think that the evolution of YouTube where it's at now like you're saying animation is definitely if you're an independent animator like it's the place to go and if Mm -hmm. you're looking for that realm of animation that i was talking about where i used to go to festivals and i used to watch a lot of that weirder more obscure stuff like it's definitely the place to go to Mm -hmm. find that stuff because i like mixed mediums i like more interesting styles computers are really allowing a lot of what you're saying where you can take a particular style and mm-hmm. get away with doing that style on a computer, whereas, like, you would have needed, like, stop motion mm-hmm. to do it before or um, a weird medium to do it. And I think at this point, when you're trying to do those styles in their original form, you're just doing it more for the creative process and to yeah. say I did it that way, then you are like, oh, I want to... Do this, and this is the only way to do it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, having that ability, same with music and all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. Like the computers really allowed you to be able to do things that people could not do at home previously, mm-hmm. like for years. I remember when I was a kid growing up, I would do stop motion and I would do it in my room, and it took, like, you know, all day to do, like, nothing. That's so cute. And I did yeah. it with toys, but, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I did it constantly. Can and... we
1: see some of these? Do they exist?
0: Yes. they do they're on they're on eights. so i don't have an ability to get them off the eights. Oh. if i could find the hiatus. can we figure ability. it out yeah yeah i just need to take one of those places and what have you but they're on there like I you used guys to have an time. instagram
2: right like a like a podcast yeah. instagram or anything yeah. yeah if we figure it out you can just dump them on there and be like this is this is what lexi was talking about homegrown <laughs> animation <laughs>
0: yeah i was a weird kid i did all kinds yeah. of weird shit but um yeah, like I like seeing people do it the old way, but I more or less like I like seeing it in general. I like seeing different yeah. styles and stuff, and I like that. You know, when we're talking about what we're talking about too, when you talk about Japan with um, anime in the like late '80s and the early '90s, it was the same way there too, where they were allowing the artists to create. And that's how you got that weird anime, the LVA anime boom. Yeah, that I talk about that. That's like Battle Angel. that We talked mm-hmm. about things like that. Those movies exist because they're giving the creators the freedom to just make whatever. The... That's how you get shit like Butt Attack Girl and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, those Classic. were those were those were just creators being allowed to do what their art was and bring their art out. And that's how you got these really beautifully animated things that had actually kind of terrible stories and really poor structure, but were just really super fun and interesting to watch because they were just an artist being allowed to create and go nuts. And now we, we don't do that anymore.
2: Yeah. I I can't remember the TikToker, but there is someone who actually covers history of anime and talked about OVAs also being one of the few spaces in animation early on that gave any kind of space to queer characters or queer representation, yeah. where unfortunately when they were localized, a lot of that was, of course, taken out the mm. Sailor Moon cousin effect, if you will. But right. um that was like early on, like the closest we got to like queer animation being found anywhere was uh, spaces like well, OVAs.
0: and that that stuff made me ask questions like mm-hmm. when I was very young too, because I was like, "That's a female character. It's talking like a man. I'm confused. <laughs> can, and then I'm like, "You can do that. I didn't know you could do that. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like, let's have a conversation here." Yeah. What is this? And that, So that was one of those things with anime for sure. Like
3: mm-hmm.
0: anime opened Japanese shit opened so many doors for me. I talk about it all the time on this show, fucking ex yeah. Japan and all this kind of shit I'm like, you guys you guys in your weird androgyny. I'm like
2: <laughs> Oh, so you're
0: talking about visual K. As talking about well. like yeah. talking about my transition and how much Japan aided in it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And that's rounded back to rock and roll, because when you think about it, Mock also does a lot of different presentations and, you know, gender non-conforming costumes that they decided to stick him in because he's supposed to be like a glam rock guy. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're going to tie it back into the episode.
0: I think we can... I think we can end it there. Is there a final thought? Final thought.
1: It's like our this fifth is... final thought. Yeah, I was so about, fifth final thought, this is yeah. about to say. <laughs> I <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm out
2: of, th- I'm out of you final, get, final thoughts. You've got to uh, cut uh, out all the, the, the final movie, thought can... questions and just I have of be in yeah. <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> it will.
0: Um, it will just be in thoughts.
2: But yeah, um, as we've all said, This is definitely a movie that's like cool to just have in your back pocket, especially if you like animation, especially if you like musicals, if you like weird sci-fi things that maybe the plot doesn't always go where you think it would logically go... But it, it's kind of worth the trip. Um, and once more, you can find it for free, at least right now, as of this recording, on Internet InternetArchive.org. Ar- That'll let you basically download anything that's on that site. Yep.
1: And uh, Marina, not to put you on the spot, but if you have anything that you'd want to plug, go for it. Yes. Oh, anything plug you away. want to do, let people know about
2: yeah, um, I don't have my own podcast presence as of right now, but I did make sure to grab my own internet handle so I would remember the order. I'm Marina the Weird on Instagram, Marina the Weird One on TikTok, where I more more or less do cosplay stuff. Um, that's that's kind of my my creative outlet, and I'm Spiciest Marinera on Tumblr, which of course i'm on tumblr which is why i kept bringing it up because i was trolling the <laughs> rock and rule tags this whole time and seeing a bunch of people being like unfortunately i have a crush on mock and i was like <laughs> r.i.p <A>. <laughs> get well soon
0: it's so funny
2: um but yeah that's all
0: i knew when i picked this movie that i would have you on this episode because me and marina have always had a bond over this film
3: this mm-hmm is-
0: one of the few people in my life I knew who had seen this movie outside of me, I was like, "I like this movie," and she's like, "I like that movie," and I'm like, "No, you don't." And I was like, "That's she's impossible." Like, All right, I guess
1: I don't. <laughs> Nobody right, knows this me. film. <laughs>
0: like, it's just I couldn't believe like anybody knew it. Like, no one knows this movie. So, the fact that I had like another human being in my life who knew this movie, so, and they were my friends, so it was just like amazing. Cause like I don't know anybody who knows it.
2: Going back to Fan of the Paradise, like that's why I showed you that film, is that we were fans of this film. So, again, not a perfect one to one, but um, if you right. also like Fan of the Paradise, you would definitely like Rock and Roll.
0: I met Marina doing Rocky Horror. Yeah. She was in the same troupe as me, and we actually started at the exact same time. We were there for like the exact same start, and we mm-hmm. left at the same time. So, yeah. We uh, performed. Sounds, you for... sound sad. Is it okay? Are you okay? <laughs> no I, we're, we're perfectly fine we left
2: <laughs> yeah we're, we're good because we left um but yeah uh, exactly bo- <laughs> both of us i don't think at the same time but we were both magentas at, at one point in time because i lent you my wig <laughs> at yes. one point um yes. but yeah that was that was where we started and then we just ended up living together at one point and just continued being friends who like weird things yeah. and we'll send each other stuff like you need to watch this movie completely unprompted
0: that's the best yeah, friendship we've, yeah we've lived together on two separate occasions she's had to tolerate me and rachel i don't think, I, I think you guys are easy to live me. with yeah when you live with me and rachel you're tolerating
2: <laughs> i don't know I, I kind of i i high key i don't miss living in florida because it's Florida, Florida. Yeah. especially right now it's Florida uh, me and um, my roommates have talked about like even if the pandemic didn't hit by by this time in 2023 they would have been like Marina please come back please come back to Nevada we don't want you in Florida anymore <laughs> we would all have had to flee
0: I don't know if I would have started my transition if I had stayed there cause... yeah
2: it's too hot
0: yeah, too hot <laughs> exactly
2: too muggy <laughs> that's the only problem <laughs>
0: And with that, <laughs> we'll go ahead and end it there. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on, Marina. It's been a yeah, pleasure. Thank
2: you. thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> we cover Phantom. I'll absolutely have you back. And if there's any other weird shit you want to come back for, you're always welcome. We were a pleasure to have on.
3: Yeah.
2: I was going to say, yeah, let me know Phantom of the Paradise. And if, uh, you, if you just happen to tell me a theme that I'm like, oh, I know a weird movie for this, I'll also let you know.
0: <laughs> right. I know you like Vincent Price, so if I ever cover anything with him, I'll bring you on for that for sure. Yeah,
2: the one so. the one movie poster you can't see behind me is for The House on Haunted Hill. So yeah. I'm also obnoxious about Vincent
1: Price.
0: <laughs> Marina was on our Vincent Price month on our 3 Demers podcast, and she was excellent.
1: You know, I do remember that, because I've recently been watching a bunch of the... Um, well, they're not Vincent Price per se, but he's almost in, I think, every single one of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. the Roger Corman Edgar Allan Poe movies so I'm I'm watching Mm -hmm. like I think there's like seven or eight of them there's a lot of them and he's been in almost every single one so far so I was looking there I couldn't remember what you guys covered on 3Dmer so I went back to look yeah
2: did you get to um Tales of Terror Uh, which I'm not sure if it was the same director but it was Edgar Allan Poe adaptions it's
1: on there but I have not got that far yet
2: it was my first Vincent Price one film you hate? and it's kind of one of my favorites.
0: Okay. That's not the one you hate. <laughs> Oh, no. What's that one you hate, the, the Vincent Price it's, film that you like, abhor?
2: Um, oh, God, what was it called? It. We were talking about it when we were talking about uh, House of Wax. Shock. Yeah. That was that was yeah. the one. That was the other Vincent Price film where the whole point is, oh, well, this woman is just so fragile, you see. She goes comatose after seeing a murder happen that Vincent Price does. <laughs> and then they just continue to shock her into going comatose. <laughs> But yeah, it's that fantastic. was my next favorite. I'm sorry, we we keep rounding back to talking about Weird? me shit. So we will <laughs> we will you wrap up. Fine.
3: Yeah,
1: no, I I prefer that. I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking Vincent Price up because I love that one where he was like killed people via Shakespeare or oh, something. Oh, theater of blood. Yeah, theater of blood's a great movie. I, I yeah, know, that, that would be one um, of my favorites.
2: That is, if you haven't seen the Abominable Dr. Fibes yet, it's basically the same thing, but with, like, a different conceit um, around him killing a bunch of
0: people. I still love the fly. The fly was so good. I
2: really enjoyed watching the original fly with Vincent Price and then Mm -hmm. watching the Cronenberg fly because, like, they're they're totally different from each other in so many ways. But, like, the general, like, what makes a human a human, what makes a car a cart thing coming up in it, as well as it kind of being, like... Uh, I, le- I think Lexi pointed it out the episode we were talking about it uh, all the way back on 3 Demers of, like, um, between Cronenberg and then the first movie took place in somewhere in French Canada that, like, the fly was a Canadian monster, <laughs> which I thought was really fun. Oh,
1: French-Canadian monster. <laughs> yeah, French-Canadian
2: monster. <laughs>
0: That's right. You made the best TikTok about that. So. I mean, between yeah. <laughs> that
1: remake and uh, the thing remake, I think those are the way that you should do remakes. Like, it should be yeah. totally out of the box reimagining of everything and not hit mm-hmm. all the same points the
0: blob the blob is also one of the best i need to watch ever.
2: i need to double feature the blob because i'm a little harsher
0: movie? on the, the on fly. the 80s blob but yeah no 80s blob is perfect i, I fucking love that movie justin do you have no i'm done to say. you're done <laughs> i'm you're not good. seeing anymore we're, we're all
2: done <laughs> r.i.p editing lexi right. for getting no, to cobble good. together all this this will,
0: this will be long but it'll be good yeah all right then I'm gonna end it here then. So,
1: your is your movie next? Yeah, Cure.
0: Okay, what's your cure? shit? What is it? Yeah, I'm not saying it's Jap- Japanese, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it revolves around like a, a murder. It's pretty good. It's actually the person okay. that did Pulse. So I watched Pulse, and Pulse oh. was not as good, not nearly as good. Well, That's good. It, I, I'm not a it the big fan of Pulse, 1997 so. Cure. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Not that I'm going to be the, the chuck on that episode as well. I just wanted to know because I uh, like Japanese horror, but it's been a long yeah. time since I've gone back to that
3: well.
1: I'm it's excited to watch like, that. It's kind of like pre... It's not like the big... Like when Ringu started and mm-hmm. all those like early Ots movies that we t- America totally remade every single thing. This yeah. doesn't feel like those. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know how to describe it. If it feels more tr- like a traditional, uh, it doesn't necessarily feel horror. It doesn't start off like horror. I guess it's closer to mm-hmm. something like, you know, Seven, where it's like, yeah, it's a detective yeah. thing, but it gets really fucked mm-hmm. up. And oh, okay, I know the movie you're talking about. Yeah, talking about. Yeah. yeah, I watched I, it, and I was like, wow, that was a lot better than I thought. And mm-hmm. the Japanese
0: Dark Water. One of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my entire
1: yeah, life. Yeah, that's great yeah. too.
0: Just, just sob when you watch that fucker. So mm. good. All right, All right, that's gonna be well, good. I'm excited Kira. for that. Sure. Thank you, Marina. You have been yeah. wonderful.
1: Yeah, you're Thank a good you alternative to Chuck.
2: I will, yeah, I will. I will relinquish my seat to Chuck once more, after he pays me the eight million dollars, so I can make my sci-fi furry movie.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Bye. Bye, (laughs) We are Cinema De More. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else...